Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, joined today by Glenn Beck, Stubergear, and special guest, Mr. Rob Eno, Blaze TV's media critic. Nice. Thank you so much for being here, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Your newsletter every day, I read it every day. I wish it would come out at night, but it is fantastic. Well, it's it, really it good. comes out around, you know, 4 o'clock, so yeah. I, can, I can send it a little bit later if you want a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. 4 a.m.? Uh, 4 p.m. Oh. Oh, I didn't. I, oh, I only get it in the morning. Yeah. Oh, that's the points of interest. Yeah, we do. I have the WTF MSM, so we do the okay. we do the newsletter for the internal folks, and then I do the other. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So that that one is. I'm up at 4:30 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it is whatever. really good. Yeah. It, yeah. So that's not available to the public. No. Oh. We'll just forward it to him. We'll just forward it to him. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really. Just send me your email, and I'll send it to you. It's no, fantastic. I know. I, I love it as well. Yeah. Uh, Glenn, top story for you. Top story uh, for me would be the why behind the Gavin Newsom train cancellation. All right, still. Uh, scientists have recently discovered that if you spend more money than you have, you go into deficit. <laughs> and uh, this is something we're just discovering here today. It's a pretty yeah. interesting phenomenon. I'll explain it. All right, can't wait. Rob? Uh, mine is Cory Booker wants to take away my ribeye and cheddar cheese. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's horrible. What a devil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lots to get into there. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. Uh, so, Rob, I always like to show our guests. Have you oh my seen gosh, my before always, and after picture? She loves, always, she loves it. Yeah, I, 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 I hear. I, I think I could okay. use Ridiazone a little bit as a... Um, American of girth. I think I'm, it's a girth. <laughs> American of girth. girth. That's yeah. a I like that. Great, I like that. That's a great that's, phrase. That's... If you are an American of girth also, <laughs> uh, maybe you are looking for some thin privilege, as we saw on the internet. We're there is girthlings. 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 Girthlings, exactly. Girthlings. You are a girthling. I like that. We you are, are girthlings. girthlings. And you're looking to like be less of a girthling. Uh, might I suggest you try Ridiazone? The folks at Ridiazone have taken the good molecule in olive oil and put it into a capsule for you. So you take it before your meals and it helps boost your metabolism, help you feel full, reduces your appetite, so you're just not constantly in the pantry looking at what you can eat So next. what if you cut out the middleman here and you just go straight for the olive oil over like some pasta mm -hmm. and some... And some shredded cheese. I, I don't. I don't recommend that. That's not. Really? No. Hmm. No. You got yeah, the, the high wrong. fat olive oil with the carbs, and that's just really. Not, huh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the good news is there's Ridiazone instead, uh, so you don't have to chug the olive oil or anything like that. You can go to Ridiazone.com and enter promo code The Blaze. Get thirty percent off of a three month supply. Dollar thirty nine a day. You can invest that much in your health. R i d u z o n e dot com. Promo code. The blaze. Okay, Glenn. so I want to start with Gavin Newsom because now maybe maybe I've just lived too long. Maybe we should maybe maybe capitalism is a giant mistake because we're all living too long, and then we start to realize now they don't really mean that. There's something else behind it. Uh, Gavin, and just help me out. When was the last time you saw anything Gavin Newsom do? That was like really adult like responsible. <laughs> yeah, it would be very rare. Yes. Yeah, a long time ago. Right, a long time ago. Can you tell me anybody in California, in 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 anything in, in the state of California, let alone the actual state of California, that they all sat around and went, you know what, that's a horrible waste of money. No. Can you? That, that, that doesn't happen. Okay. No. So what the hell is Gavin Newsom doing when he comes out? Now think of this. He's a green guy. Mm -hmm. He is, he's, he's the former mayor of San Fran frickin' Cisco, okay? Um, not exactly even on planet Earth. He's now the governor 
of California that's the state that just doesn't even understand the idea of a price tag. Everything's good, especially if it's good for the planet. The other thing that Californians care about, sitting in the car, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So they, they proposed a train that was supposed to cost, what, $20 billion? Uh, $10 billion. $10 billion. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was $10, $10 billion. They were supposed to get a $50 ticket to go from L.A. to San Francisco in about two and a half hours. Now, it's, it's, it's changed just a little bit. It has. It's now three and a half hours. So it's it's now three and a half to four hours. <laughs> to four hours. Um, now it is uh, it's an $80 ticket. Right. Uh, and the cost is at up to $77 billion and really expected to go well over $100 billion if it were to actually okay. build But they started at so 10. 10. So only so it's, seven it's, times it's, as much. It's very close. Yeah. For yeah. California, <laughs> that's a margin of error. Okay? It's like the big dig back in Massachusetts from where I'm from. So. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's supposed to be $2 billion and ended up being whatever it was, yeah. $40 billion. So, <laughs> so that's not enough, though, for Californians to say no to that. Right. Now, hear me out. Also, he cancels it on the week of the Green New Deal. He's a progressive. He doesn't want to hurt. All of the other progressives are lining up going, oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm going to so regret saying this, but that's genius. Okay, that Green New Deal is so genius. Oh, good God, please, no. They're wasn't, all just, this, wasn't this supposed to be the model example of how the Green New Deal was going to work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So is he not a team player? What's happening? Theory? Please. $3.5 billion in loans from the federal government. Okay? The California has to pay back. They have a $3.5 billion loan. They still have it. They haven't paid it. They haven't used it. Okay? He's canceling that loan. He's canceling this whole project. Okay? It's too expensive. It's too crazy. We're 18 months away from a new president. And that new president, if it's Democrat, is saying the bullet train or the speed train or whatever the hell that thing is, uh, is, is a main centerpiece of the Green New Deal. Well, then that would make a train like that, a federal obligation and not a California obligation. So is he being just absolutely brilliant by saying, you know what, it's too much for Californians to pay for. Uh, We're going to give them the money back, knowing that there's a possibility in 24 months, they have a Democrat who says, yeah, you don't have to pay for anything. We're going to build it. I think that's what's happening here. And that he's not just overnight become fiscally responsible. Well, that is always a possibility. (laughs) What are the odds? (laughs) Very low. Very low. Uh, The house wins on that bet. Yeah. (laughs) This is another, I mean, the California project is the biggest example of how horrible these train ideas are. They, people, like trains were great. They are one of the things that helped form our country. I mean, they really have a strong history, and we, I think, have an affinity for trains as a country. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, I got stopped behind one taking really? my son to school yesterday. I was so mad. Wow. One, mm-hmm. one stop behind the one, uh, a train once, and then turned you off, huh? Well, I mean, several times. People but... don't know, especially out yeah. west. You go out into the western states... Those trains. Oh, yeah, stop for like forever. 30 minutes. Yeah, they go on and on and on. You're like, I'm going to starve to death in my car before this train is finished. Yeah. yeah. There are some places in America where the existing trains make sense. We talked about New York a little bit before off the air. There's, there's a few places where 
because the trains are already built, they can actually kind of pay for themselves. They just still are paying for debt in other places. Um, but these, the new ones that they tried, these light rail trains, I know Rob said he went on the DART. Which, I, 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 took yes. the, I took the light rail train here. I'm from New England. You know, I'm from Boston, so I, like, I, I have a thing for the, yeah. the subway. It's my, my one communistic type thing. Yeah. The subway <laughs> to get, get around in a city and uh, yeah. miss it where I am now. But yeah, no, it's, but it's interesting. But there's also some private investment. Um, uh, Richard Branson just bought into a company out of Florida that has a line that's going, it's all privately done, going from Miami to Fort Lauderdale, eventually going to go to Tampa. And they have plans to do it in four or five other cities, including um, one of the corridors where a lot of traffic goes between is right where I am in the middle of in Greenville, South Carolina, is the Atlanta, Georgia to Charlotte, North Carolina corridor. And, and they're going to, they're looking at privately doing it. And if it's private, it's fine. It's great. And if it works... It, it'll be fine. I would take, take it. A, I, take, I would take it. Imagine taking the three point five billion and say, you know what? Here's an X prize. Uh, we think it's in our states or our nation's uh, interest to have a new form of transportation that is faster, fuel efficient, cheaper for everyone involved, does not require any subsidies, and it's all privately done. Here's the X prize of three billion dollars. Who wants it? Elon Musk is trying to do it, right, with his giant human bank tube. You can't. The giant (laughs) bank tube. They have been trying to. They've been trying to put a rail line and just finish the rail line in New York since like 1920. Okay, they can't get the subway. But in California, Elon Musk is under everybody's house. I don't know. Just (laughs) their safes are dropping into his tunnel, and everybody. Nobody has any clue that he's drilling underneath the ground. Until he's almost done. <laughs> That's a reason to give it into private hands. They get it done. Yeah, and it's got to be done by private hands. I mean, 92% of the cost of light rail across the country is paid for by people who don't ride it. That is just, it, I mean, that is, that's terrible, right? If you, if you want to drive, because uh, I took the train every single day into New York, uh, back and forth from where I lived in Pennsylvania, and every single day, and I loved it. I mean, I actually really liked the experience. I got a lot done on the train. It was it's office time essentially. It's, mm-hmm. it's there's a lot to like about it. However, you know how much was uh, I was paying probably half of what the ticket was supposed to be worth because it's subsidized by so many places. And there's so much debt. It, it should be people who are actually using it that buy it. This is the same thing for sports stadiums and all these other projects that governments launch on their own. Uber is a great example of a private company. Putting another private company, you know, Yellow Cab, completely out of business and making that a much better experience. And trains don't have the uh, I- impact outside of the Northeast Corridor um, that they will in 10 years. Because we're going to be, you know, when we talked to the chairman of GM, he said, we're not going to be making cars in 2030. We're going to be making pods. And it's going to be for fleets. It's not going to be anything recognizable that you know now. So that, if that's what they're thinking now, we are going to be in some sort of an Uber world. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, then a train makes sense. But right now, in most of the country, i got to drive 30 minutes to get to a train station, park my car, get on a train, then rent a car on the other side. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Sue, so I want to move on to uh, this latest, you said, scientific discovery that if you don't have money, you can shouldn't be spending it. Yeah, it's a weird idea. Um, it's uh, it's really controversial still. It's in the discovery phases. The government's still studying this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, all these all this money that we have, we can certainly waste it on trains, uh, like the brand new ones in California, because we have so much. We're the we richest nation more, in too. the world, you know. Um, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that we crossed the line uh, yesterday of $22 trillion in debt. 
$22 trillion in debt. Was it a big story, really? I mean, I didn't see all that no. much coverage you on it. You remember how immoral it was in 2008? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. American and immoral. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, look, we all know Democrats don't care about debt. The only time they ever bring it up is when they want to raise taxes. That's the only thing they ever, it's, the only, it's a useful argument in that situation. Republicans, unfortunately, also don't seem to care about debt unless they're in the minority. And then they're like, oh, I absolutely care about debt. And they care about debt up until the moment they get power and then they no longer care about debt. Um, I'm concerned about the way this is escalating and how fast it's escalating. Looking back here, this is by president. And again, there's so many factors that go into this. The, the House can be in other hands, but this is a way that people look at it. This is not necessarily just a commentary on these presidents by any means. But Ronald Reagan averaged uh, about $232 billion a year in an Yeah, remember how deficit. reckless he was? He was the worst guy in the universe. Yeah, and this was forever. about 4.4% of the economy of GDP. Uh, next up is George H.W. Bush. Now, he put $400 billion a year, about 6.1% of GDP. Mm. Uh, then it was uh, Bill Clinton. Now, Clinton had the uh, nice advantage of having, you know, the Internet created during his presidency, which, which was helpful, and also a Republican Congress that was constantly fighting against him to stop spending. So his numbers look pretty good, and we know there's a lot of nuance to that, but still, $175 billion, 1.7% uh, of GDP. Uh, then George W. Bush, okay, up to $731 billion a year at 4.9% of GDP, a little higher than I'm comfortable with. Barack Obama goes even farther. Barack Obama at $1.073 trillion a year, and that's 5.7% of GDP. Uh, the problem here, though, is that Donald Trump has not slowed this down at all. Here's Donald Trump's numbers, uh, $1.229 trillion, so we're up another quarter trillion dollars a year, basically, and 6.3% of GDP, which is the highest of any of the presidents we've talked about here, and going back a very long way. The problem with Republicans is the second they get power, they no longer care about debt. I mean, Trump has, was pretty clear about this when he was running. He believe in you know, he's not he's not that concerned about it. You know, he was talking about big infrastructure projects and a lot of a lot of new spending, and he's not the type that's going to come out and do the whole Paul Ryan. Well, we but, really care about Medicare for six months. But he also is a guy who's lived his whole life on debt. He just makes sure that it doesn't belong to him. That's why when he declares bankruptcy, everybody else fails because he, he carves it out so it doesn't affect him. Well, there's no way to carve any of this out so it doesn't affect all of us. And this is not, by the way, just Donald Trump's fault. No, no, no. You know, he does not seem to be prioritizing this as a problem. And I got to say, you know. We he, elected him. He said it clearly. He was pretty clear about it. He also can't do any of that without Congress. Right. And Congress has been really bad on that as well. People like to blame the tax cuts for it, which, you know, you can make an argument that part of it is that. But, I mean, the bottom line is it's, these are long-term systemic problems that we do not want to address and, uh, you know, the fact that this is just escalating, the next two years look just as ugly as the first two so, when it comes to debt with Trump. Here's why this matters. Here's why this matters. Anybody have an adjustable mortgage? Mm. Huh? I don't now, no, but I mean, okay. I, a lot of people so, do. An adjustable mortgage. A lot of people have an adjustable mortgage. I'm you know, paying 2%, 4%, 6%, whatever. Well, if you have an adjustable mortgage, if you have, you know, 2 or 3%, uh, you know, interest... It, your contract probably says that it can go up in its lifetime over three or four years up to uh, 10%. Okay? 10% interest rate on your house puts you into bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. yeah. We have an adjustable mortgage. Okay? The United States of America has an adjustable mortgage. It's whatever we can sell our treasuries for. And we are constantly not only trying to get new debt covered, 
we are having to refinance every 18 to three to five years all of this debt. It's constantly coming up. Mm -hmm. And so as interest rates go up, you take that kind of debt and you put an 8% interest rate, which is not unheard of, it's not crazy, we're all bankrupt. Yeah, and, and that's, the that's to put a, a, an exclamation point on this, the problem with the $1.3 trillion a year we're putting on right now is that's in a good economy. Yes. God forbid we go into a recession or something like 2008, those numbers are going to explode, and I don't think we can handle them. We're not only not saving for a rainy day, we're... We're giving away all the umbrellas and the roofs of our houses. Right, back in a minute. Is the floor get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So I was running low on Relief Factor, and I was so excited to uh, to see it in the kitchen. I had to, I asked uh, Robert, I said, excuse me. I asked Robert, and I said, if I cannot have a pack, I will return it. But wow. I just needed a pack. She's stealing your Relief Factor? Yeah, she is, she is going in to my, she's looking at me as a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she mm-hmm. is, I, I am not your supplier. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, but I, I was, it's, it's tough when you run out of Relief Factor. Because yeah. then you're in pain again. Yeah. You know this. It, uh, it uh, helps reduce the inflation in your body. Or inf- inflammation. inflammation. <laughs> also, maybe your, your inflation's inflation. not going to be stopped by Relief Factor. <laughs> That's Ridley <Sorry>. Zone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's right. You're taking the wrong oh, bottle. what it is, funny face? <laughs> <laughs> that what it is? Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> It'll make you feel better. It won't make these people disappear, but it'll make you feel better. Go to uh, relieffactor.com. Uh, I don't know if we have to put in the promo code. Uh, no, it's just, just relieffactor.com. Relief you, you can get the three-week quick start pack for nineteen ninety-five. 70% of the people who uh, buy that quick start pack go on to keep buying it. So it's working for them. It's working for us. It can work for you if you're looking to get out of pain. Relieffactor.com. All right, Rob, you said Cory Booker wants to take away your ribeyes or your Reuben? My ribeyes, my Reubens, my ribeyes, all all the meat. You know, as a American of girth, as we talked about (laughs) earlier, one of my favorite things to do is to take a ribeye and throw it in the oven and eat it. It causes Um, inflation. It does. (laughs) And inflammation, which you can get rid of with Ridgejo. But no, it's it's amazing. It's this whole they know better than us how we should live our life. And it goes back to the Green New Deal. You know, I, I remember I, I, I have a chemical engineering degree, which I obviously don't use, but I was at the... Um, you can make crack students. Exactly. Wow. I okay. could, if you right. wanted to. Yes. Okay. Um, don't tell that to Sarah. She'll be in the kitchen. <laughs> having you make a little stuff. crack kitchen. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. The, the, this cow fart thing has been a long time coming for them. I remember going to a, a talk on global warming back in like 1994. And Mario Molina, who was the guy that came up with it at MIT, said, well, you know, we're never going to get away from this. And he showed a picture of cows farting. Like, they've been pushing this for a long time. Um, But, you know, Cory Booker, they think that the world's going to end. I remember watching, there was a PBS show a while back, and it was the story of the earth. And it was the story of man. And the thing opens, and I can't find it again, but the thing opens and says, the reason that man is able to evolve is because it adapts to climate change. Yeah, we are an adapting animal, and climate change has always been with it yeah. with us. What I like to tell people, you know, is that yes, the climate has been changing. It's been climate, you know, it's been changing since the first drop of water coalesced on the first dust molecule mm-hmm. billions of years ago and fell to the earth. 
And for every day since then, the climate has changed. This isn't about the climate changing. This is about control of your life. Governments always try to find ways to control your life. Mm-hmm. And this is the new thing that they can control your life with. And they want to do it by taking away my ribeye. Well, so. But, so, but really quickly, I do want to clarify. They, he does want to take away your ribeye. But so what Cory Booker said was that he thinks that eating meat is going to destroy the Her. earth. Is that what he said? Yeah, we yeah, 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 survive. Right. We, the earth cannot survive if we continue to eat meat. Yes, which he's a vegan. Yeah. Right, he is I had a vegan. no idea he was a vegan, which is shocking because usually the like the first time you meet a vegan, they make sure that you know that they're a vegan. <laughs> so <laughs> it's is, weird that, that I never knew well, that. Well, I think he's making us know he's a vegan as he's running for president, making us know and telling us that we should not. But, but again, it, it goes to they think that they know what's better for you, and they just want to control your life. But then those same people vote for, you know, subsidies for the corn lobby to give you all high fructose corn syrup Mm -hmm. and like instead of having everything you know be Mm -hmm. plant-based you get or animal-based you get it plant-based and we all get big and need riduzone and end up with (laughs) diabetes and all those sorts of things because they throw starches into our lives instead of the proteins that you know we're supposed to eat which obviously I don't do a lot of. (laughs) I'm fascinated that you know Glenn Beck comes out and does a show on the dangers of ISIS right like he will get media pushback that says he's a fearmonger, he's a scaremonger. Yet every day they go on television and tell us literally everyone on earth is going to die because of, because of global warming. And that is not, that's never fearmongering. But see, here's the thing that they, here's, here's how you know this is total bullcrap with them. I've been following, because Stu is only following it kind of as a joke, and I'm kind of following it as kind of as a joke too, because it's going to take a while for it to happen. Um, but... The poles have shifted 182 or 86 times okay, in the history of Earth that we can count. We know north has become south, south has become north. Now, that's quite a process to do that, but it's currently moving at 60 miles or 60 kilometers a year, faster than it has in anyone's lifetime. Okay, So it's moving, and they believe that it'll come to a certain point, and then it'll just switch, and then it'll go back. And so... Antarctica will be the North Pole, and Santa will be from the South Pole, okay? We will be going south, we will be going uh, south of the border from Mexico to America, okay? Now, here's why this matters. This has everything to do with the the molten core of the Earth Mm -hmm. and the electromagnetic field. That electromagnetic field allows us to live, Okay, we we don't live with a five percent electromagnetic field when it is fluctuating. It is already starting to fluctuate as it starts to really move. It will it will reduce the electromagnetic field by ninety five percent. We're all dying of skin cancer. We're all dying of uh, space junk coming in at us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All the satellites immediately stop working. Well. What would you do if you knew that was going to happen? You would adapt, right? Exactly. You would say, let's take some measures because we know this has happened 186 times. It's about 1,000 years away, possibly. Could be next year. Could be 1,000 years. But we know it's starting to happen. Nobody's nobody's saying we're all going to die on that. Nobody's going to say that. It it, it is more likely to kill us than the ice ages that have come or the hot houses that have come over and over and over again. What, what, are, we, what are we doing? 
I like that uh, you can always leave us with a daily dose of optimism. Yeah. Thank so you. I was trying to make I a point on your that. behalf, and you just actually escalated this, the yeah. fear. <laughs> that was the least shocking thing ever. So We'll be back. Well, but it's a surprising path you took Really quickly, uh, if you are listening to us on podcast, don't forget if you have not rated us, go in, subscribe to the podcast, rate us. I mean, I'm not telling you to give us five stars, but I'm just saying probably oh, yeah. give oh, yeah, us five stars. Mm-hmm. Five stars. Six if it's available. <laughs> uh, and don't forget if you have not already signed up for Blaze TV, you can go there now. Sign up, blazetv.com, use promo code NEWS, and you can get $10 off of your annual subscription. We do this awesome little thing every day called Overtime, where we continue this conversation, but you can only find it <laughs> at blazetv.com. You're missing out, so you gotta go there right now. blazetv.com, promo code news. We'll see you there. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right. uh, Chris Pratt is finally in some hot water, I feel. I feel like he escaped being religious and in Hollywood for a while. Which is not allowed. Right, I know, but somehow Chris Pratt, he kept, like, he was untouchable for a while. Too big a star, right? Yes, yes. And by the way, I'm really sad to hear that he's now engaged. Like, everyone, all women. You're married, just so you're aware. Keeping my options out there. Uh, But so he was was criticized, right? Finally. Uh, Yeah, I guess uh, Ellen Page uh, came after him, actress uh, Ellen Page, uh, who you may know from uh, great films like Juno. Uh, and uh, Hard Candy, which is one of the more disturbing films you'll ever see in your entire life, particularly if you're a man. Um, but uh, so uh, Juno is, this is kind of my, I have a, an Ellen Page theory, okay. which is Ellen Page uh, made Juno, which was an indie sort of film about a, a, a teenage pregnancy. Mm-hmm. She was pregnant in the movie, um, and she wound up going to an abortion clinic to have the abortion, ran into someone outside, a, another classmate who told her that her baby has fingernails, um, and because the baby had fingernails, she got kind of creeped out by it and wound up having, having, having the baby and making the whole thing work. And it completely unintentionally, I believe, became basically the best pro-life movie of all time. I mean, I think it's a freaking fantastic movie. Yeah. I love it. It's really well done. She's great in it. I think she's great. I mean, I think she's a great actress. Um, but I think, like, she now lives her life as penance for unintentionally creating a pro-life movie. So... <laughs> Every single time she can come out and say something negative about a conservative cause or uh, some conservative actor or religion or anything, it's her like moral imperative that she must do it because she basically made the best pro-life argument in pop culture. And I can't rem- remember how long. I mean, this is it doesn't feel you know Juno is not like you know we actually saw a Christian movie that was made about abortion, uh, Unplanned, which is coming out okay. um, next month, which was pretty good. But I mean, you know, you never see the the type of movie that Juno is ever made, and it it was it was just a really good movie, and it just happened to make you think, holy crap, maybe I shouldn't be killing all these kids. And it was, but it was before that was such a controversial, 
hotbed subject, I feel. Well, I mean, think. abortion's I mean, it was, always been a hotbed. It's always yeah. been, right, but yeah. I'm saying, but we didn't have such a push from the left saying they we should be able to abort right up until birth, even when the yeah. woman's dilated, they can pick, you know, after they give they give birth to the baby. I it's mean, it wasn't more, so... Two things have happened. It's become more extreme, I think, as far as abortion. Also, yeah. she was at the beginning of her career, which right. you know, right? Like, this is the movie she's known for. Now, she's, you know, she's made her money, and she's out there, and I still think people refer to that movie, and I think it's honestly like a terrible thing in her past. Like it's this is all like I think it's the movie she likes, but the fact that it was taken as this pro-life thing, yeah. it violates her her moral compass. That's really funny. That's a good. I like is that. Is that theory? Do we have like both? I, no, I, I think I, I think like I agree it. with it. You know, you were talking about that being one of the pro-life things. I mean, and you know, Nick Cannon's been in the news lately mm-hmm. because he said things about Jimmy Fallon and yeah. those guys for being in blackface. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if a lot of people realize when they see him on things like The Mass Singer. And America's Got Talent, he he was almost aborted. Nick Cannon's really? life story is his mother was on the table and decided to not have the abortion. Wow. And he has wow. one of the most pro-life rap videos, which is basically his mother on the table. It is chilling to watch. Wow. Really? Yeah, I'll have to find it and I'll put and it so in that he, email we talked about earlier. So but he's yeah, pro-life? He's, he's, yeah, because he wow. wasn't going to be around. You know, so yeah, and he's he's about my age, I think. And also sad that neither of us had any idea that that. Yeah, uh, that is surprising. Actually, you'd think he would be getting heat from that all the time. But I think when it's a personal story like that, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like yeah, I I escaped the abortionist. Mm -hmm. Um, Dang you! (laughs) Um, You know, I think that's hard for them to do. But it's you know, in in the Chris Pratt thing, um, he, he goes to a. Christian church that I guess Kylie uh, Jenner goes to. Anti-LGBT Christian church. Church. Oh, Look, that's was, because people like Ellen Page okay. don't understand, hate the sin, love the sinner, that sort of thing, and and they they think it is, and they they go that way. But he came out with a pretty strong statement. He's like, no, no, like everybody, I'm Christian. We love everybody. You know, so it was pretty. It's pretty interesting. But again, it's the left doesn't. The left hates people of faith. It seems like. Um, unless your faith is global warming. Right, um, which is absolutely a new religion at this point. Well, I mean, you can't touch anyone who's Muslim, right? I mean, no, I just, like, for some like, reason, they, which is like... They love that. They embrace you know, that. Seemingly an anti-LGBTQ uh, uh, doctrine. <laughs> uh, a, a tad. Yeah, that was like Ilan Omar. Was it Il- yeah, Ilan Omar today mm-hmm. comes out and says, you know, I'm protecting my LGBT trans <laughs> members of my whatever, and she's saying all this stuff, and I forget who said it on Twitter, and I know we're not supposed to live our life on Twitter, because Twitter's <laughs> not the real world, but we do, mm-hmm. um, said, uh, is that what they preach at your mosque? Yeah. I mean, is that my, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's absolute, like, at the Muslim Brotherhood thing you're going to, the Hamas thing you're going to, is that what they preach? You know, so it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, and that's how I get, I, I think uh, Steve Dace calls it the intersectionality Olympics. Yes. You get to see who wins in the intersectionality Olympics mm-hmm. when, you know, the LGBT community goes up against the... I like that. I, I think, too, one thing that it's hard not to like about Chris Pratt, it's easy to be Ellen Page in the situation. It's easy to say religion's bad and everybody hates, you know, gay people and black people. It's everything. Intersectionality Olympics, that's an easy place to be as a celebrity. Chris Pratt is taking the very difficult road right. of saying things. He doesn't need to say these things publicly. He could live this way his whole life and just rake in the $20 million of film till the end of time. You know, how long is his road if he keeps talking like this? I don't know. I mean, I think there's some level of stardom that will overwhelm this, right? I mean, Robert Downey Jr. for a while was saying somewhat conservative things, um, and uh, they allowed it for a while. um, And, you know, he's not a conservative, but he was saying some conservative things. Here with Chris Pratt, I mean, you know, he's saying really, really strong and public pro-religion things. 
Uh, he is trying to actually make a difference. And I, I really hope this lasts a long time um, because it, it, he's really likable and, and the type of person that can actually influence someone who's younger and, and maybe hasn't thought these things out. Just feeling the, you know, there's so many people that I know that just feel the emotion of sort of pop culture and celebrity. And that's the side of everything they come down on. They're, they're against guns, not because they've thought of the Second Amendment or what it actually protects, but just because every celebrity they know is tweeting about it and saying how bad they are. Yeah. You know, that's why, like, we, were made, we, we played the clip the other day of Cardi B complaining about her tax. And it's like, that's, those are really important, important moments. You know, like the fact that she's just pissed off about her taxes, she's probably completely insane. It seems like she's on every other topic. But the fact that she can say that might actually have somebody stop and think maybe 45% of your money going away to some group that didn't earn it is not fair. Right. Uh, and, you know, so celebrities certainly do have influence at some level. And Chris Pratt is making, I think, a legitimate difference. Yeah. Right. And, and to your point about being, you know, the star and the star level, I think when you get to a, the level of Chris Pratt, you can take that risk. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does, yep. but he's taking that risk. And mm-hmm. he may not see it as a risk, but this is who I am. This is why I'm doing what I am. I mean, he had a high-profile breakup with his wife who wasn't following the same path he was, mm-hmm. um, who seems to be supportive of him, which is, which is interesting. But I think, that, I, think, I think a lot of people in Hollywood are afraid to do that sort of thing. And I think maybe him doing it brings other people out and lets them do it. I mean, they, I guess... You, you don't see them going against Kylie Jenner, but she belongs to the same church, mm. which I guess, and Justin Bieber, I guess they all go to the same Hillsong church or whatever it is. But would not have guessed yeah, that Kylie Be- Jenner or Justin Bieber attended church. Apparently, oh. Bieber's apparently pretty, Chris, pretty religious, I think. Yeah, Be- yeah. Bieber's pretty religious. Be- again, abortion. Mm-hmm. Same thing as Nick Cannon. His mother was on the way to the abortion wow. place. And really? Yeah. And can't like like he he is. He was, even when he wasn't going to church and he was having all his problems, he was a very strong pro-life person. But you don't hear about that in the media because they don't want you to hear about that. And they can't attack him for it. Right. Because he has a personal story. Right. You know? Interesting. Uh, All right. So, Rob, you, as we were discussing earlier, you run our newsletter, WTF MSM. (laughs) So tell us what was like the big topic in today's newsletter. Today's newsletter's big topic was interesting because it's from Vox, the, the Vox Planers. Mm-hmm. And today's was they uh, talked about the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez 70% wealth tax mm-hmm. by using potatoes mm-hmm. and potato farmers. Mm. So okay. what they said is that, you know, there's a rich potato farmer and a, and a poor potato farmer. And a rich potato farmer has a lot of potatoes and a poor potato farmer has only a few it was like a thousand to like six. And the video starts out with them actually saying that, well, it's unequal if they only each have to give out one potato. Like, that's what the current tax code is. <laughs> that's not how taxes right, right, right. But, but then I'm thinking of it, and I had somebody two days ago on Facebook, right? And this isn't in the newsletter, but I had somebody on Facebook, and I was getting into an argument. I spent too much time on Facebook <laughs> with friends. Facebook and Twitter. You've now told Facebook us Facebook and Twitter, yeah. I, I am a social media addict. He is um, a keyboard warrior. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> Instead of stealing Riduzone, I steal. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I was having an argument with, with a friend of a friend, and he brought up that exact point. And I was like, where do you get something stupid like that that, like, they each pay a dollar? <laughs> And obviously, it's from this Vox video. Mm-hmm. And, and what I said in the, the email is, you know, this is important because this is how a lot of people get their news. And it's kind of shows you what Prager University is doing is good. And if you remember, remember that going back to the debt, because we don't care about the debt anymore, but unless we're not in power. And then it's just send us more money <laughs> so we can care about the debt yeah. um, and keep the lobbyists employed. But 
You remember that Penny video? Yeah. A while back with the debt? Mm-hmm. It was simple and easy to understand. But that's what this Vox Explainer video yep. was. There I mean, are. they were giving bad information. They yeah. do some good stuff. They had like a, uh, this is how the circle of fifths work in music, you know, those sorts of things. This is how the NFL yellow line for first down works. Mm. You know, so they have some cool explainers that are actually facts. But then they also use it for propaganda. And this was just straight up propaganda. And what I said is, they, no, 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 no. Right now, the guy that's given up one of his six potatoes, the other guy's given up two-sixths or a third of his potatoes. Right. We already have this system. Right. But if we had a flat tax, everybody would be giving up a sixth of their potatoes. Mm-hmm. And that's still more potatoes than the other ones. And they were trying to say... This is how percentages work. People right. really get very confused over this. Right. Uh, and they're like, but, but, the, but the one potato out of six hurts him more. Right. Is what they were trying to say. Right. And like, look, you can yeah. make those. Like, I'm, I'm always fascinated by, you know, if you poll people about should the rich pay more taxes, they're generally in favor of it. People right. will generally say, yes, rich people should pay more taxes. When you give them an actual number, when you say, should they pay more than 30% of their income? They're like, oh, God, no. Of course not. Not 30%, but they pay nothing. Well, no, they don't pay nothing. <laughs> and that people really are, are so sold on this like robber baron sort of picture of the world where the rich people are just screwing everyone else and not paying taxes that they believe that they really just get out of everything. And that's not how the world works. Right. It's not how the world works. But there are, I mean, there are loopholes. There sure. are, especially yes. real estate, those sorts of things. Yes. There are loopholes. You can have tax strategies. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just either go to an all-sales tax, like you have here in the great state of Texas. Mm. Constitutionally, you don't have an income tax. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked into it. Um, and then... Uh, I looked into it when I yeah, moved here. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> hey, 7% raise, woo! Um, but no, so, you know, have a consumption tax. Have a flat tax. Mm-hmm. Then we all pay the exact same amount. I, I am all for a flat tax with no deductions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't get a deduction for the number of kids you have. You don't get a deduction for your mortgage. You don't get a deduction for everything. How much money did you make? Take $20,000 off of it. Give 15% of the rest of the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boom, done. Amen. Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll question, would you be satisfied with a border barrier versus a border wall? 56% of you said no. You would not be satisfied with that. 29% said yes. 15% of you were unsure. I don't know what you're unsure about if you're voting in this poll. Well, it's your fault for giving them the 15%, the unsure option. This is. I didn't do it. This is your fault. It's, I didn't I do you. it. Whatever. What's that math thing that says that a donut's the same thing as a toilet seat? The tautology, topology, topology. Mm. It's, the, it's, it's a, you know, from a topological sense, a border, it's a fence, it's a, it's a wall. It's yeah. all the same. If it's yeah. stopping people from coming right. in, I'm okay. for it. It's yeah. true. But, I mean, I do think it's interesting. 56% said no. Yeah. I mean, because this is Trump's, this was his big issue. This was what he ran on. This was his top uh, priority. Mm-hmm. And if he's not going to get it done the way that people want him to get it done... Know if it hurts him or not. Uh, today's poll: Does the national debt concern you? Let us know. It does. The Blaze's Twitter. It does. Uh, before we leave, yeah. uh, as we say goodbye here today, I actually have a Vox Splainer type of uh, video I found uh, about the debt. And I think maybe as we go, we can just run that and end the show. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here you the go. U.S. national debt just passed twenty trillion dollars. Not millions. Oh not God. billions. <laughs> trillions. Have you ever thought about just how much that really is? It's tough to wrap your head around it. So I thought I'd put it into perspective. Since it's football's biggest week, what better way to do that than on a football field? So to kick this thing off, let me remind you, a standard football field from goal line to goal line is 100 yards. So in our case, imagine this field equals the amount of national debt we have. By this scale, one yard equals about $210 billion. All right, so let's get this drive started. 
The highest paid player in the NFL is Matt Stafford, quarterback of the Detroit Lions. Now he makes $27 million a year. So on this field, that puts us at about 0.005 inches. Okay, if we really wanna go the distance, we're probably gonna need to think bigger. This year's Super Bowl halftime performer is Justin Timberlake. Now his net worth is $230 million. That gets us to about 0.04 inches. At this pace, we're not gonna be done until next football season. Let's pick it up. What if everyone in attendance at the Super Bowl, all 67,000, went home with a fancy private jet? That would cost about $5 trillion. What about all the 110 million viewers watching the Super Bowl at home? With $10 trillion, each and every one of them can get a fancy, brand new, 100-inch flat-screen 4K TV. When the clock hits all zeros, it's either gonna be New England or Philadelphia raising that Lombardi trophy. But with $16 trillion, every citizen in the entire country could raise their own Lombardi trophy. haven't even gone the distance, but even when we do get all the way into the end zone, that still doesn't even cover over $100 trillion in unfunded liabilities, basically entitlement-related IOUs. To cover that, we'd need another five football fields. Not even the Super Bowl is big enough to cover that. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.